KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey, podcast listeners. This is Elizabeth McQueen, the host of this song. And I want to let you know that here at KUTX, the station where we make this podcast, and at KUT, our sister station, well, we have a very cool opportunity for you. Peter Max is bringing his psychedelic counterculture pop art to Austin's Russell Collection. And we will be giving away signed posters of his work to our podcast listeners. So, Anyone who mails the promo code MEETPETERMAX to podcasts at KUT.org before August 16th, 2016 will be entered into a drawing to receive one of these coveted posters. We'll be drawing 10 names on August 20th, 2016, and we'll contact the winners on August 25th. So the promo code is MEETPETERMAX. Email that to podcasts at kut.org with that in the subject line, and you're entered into the contest. Good luck. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with the show. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives. And... These songs, they're like the starting point for us to talk about the good stuff, artistic journeys and the winding paths of inspiration and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week on this song, we'll hear from Sean Bonnet of AJJ, and then we'll hear from Scott Taylor and Trip Lampkins of the Memphis band, The Grifters. So let's get started with Sean Bonnet from the band AJJ, formerly known as Andrew Jackson jihad they play a brand of folk punk that can like break your heart one moment and make you want to start a revolution the next it's rock sometimes and it's folk sometimes but no matter what genre they're exploring there's something like fragile and raw at the core of their music and that's what makes it really compelling they have a new record coming out on august 19th called the bible Two, and they were here in Austin last year as part of Fun 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 Fest. Sean Bonnet sat down with John Parsons backstage to talk about songs that opened him up to melding acoustic guitars and punk music, and then, of course, they talked about much more. So here he is, Sean Bonnet. One, two, three, four. I think one of the earliest songs for me in that genre of like revelatory music was probably uh, I think the first time I heard Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. I was a child. I was probably in like third or fourth grade whenever Gross Point Blank came out, that that movie with uh, Mini Driver and John Cusack. Yeah. (laughs) 
and hearing like something about that struck me really hard as a child before I knew I wanted to write music or anything. I'm high as a kite, I just might stop to check you out. Let me go on, like I blister in the sun. Let me go on, big hands, I know you're the one. Have you been exposed to a lot of punk and or folk beforehand, something that you kind of fused together. Yeah, right? my uh, my mom turned me on to a bunch of music. In the same way that I'm a very old millennial, she was a very uh, a very old generation Xer, <laughs> like one of the you know one of the one of the first generation X people. So like she turned me on to the Dead Milkmen, another band that I think we probably sound a lot like. Oh, brother, please look at me. What do you see? Let's travel around the world, just you and me, punk rock girl. The Beastie Boys. The Pixies, who up until they reunited and became just a band again, were my favorite band. I think uh, Monkey Gone to Heaven was another one of those songs for me. I don't see the charm in the song anymore, but that was another song when I was a child that like made me like, just made my brain go insane. Well, when you hear the Violent Femme, when you hear Blister in the Sun now, do you still have that feeling you originally did? I don't know if related. I do, honestly. Like, after fourth grade, or whenever I heard that song, like, it kind of laid dormant, and like, it was just kind of this awesome secret in my head that I was keeping. And then, uh, Kiss Off is the song that I think gets me going that way of the Violent Femmes catalog now. You can all just kiss off into the air. Behind my back, I can see them stare. They'll hurt me bad. Same band, different song. Yeah. I mean, do, do you feel like there are any songs that you've written personally that also have that same effect to you? That's something that you might have written 10 years ago. Now you feel a little less connected to. I have a huge graveyard of songs that I that I wrote that I no longer feel connected to. <laughs> like a, a vast, vast graveyard of songs I don't that I don't really care about anymore. When you're playing, um, do you try to only choose the songs that you're still... I only play the songs that I still care about. I would hope, yeah. yeah. That, that seems, <laughs> <laughs> the moment that I know that I'm not feeling it, at least to that extent where they're in the graveyard, they're dead and buried, and there's nothing that'll get me to dig them up again. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or, like, you know, plaster on the fake smile and just plow through it, you know, like a husk, and I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, though, like, if I were to go see the Violent Femmes and they didn't play Blister in the Sun, I'd be pretty bummed out. And I, it's a pretty classy move that they, uh... <laughs> That's usually their first song in their set. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go on, like I blister in the sun. Let me go on, big hands, I know you're the one. They made acoustic guitars and acoustic instruments sound aggressive, which I really loved. They were able to use something that like made, you know, that resonated sound acoustically, and they made it sound distorted just by hitting it harder. And uh, that's something that I really love about acoustic guitar, that you don't hear a lot when people play acoustic guitar. It's like a lot of like soft, pretty stuff, which I like that too. But hearing those chords in a David Bowie song when he like hits the acoustic guitar really hard, like that always got me going for sure. Oh. 
like the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. There's like a, in Ziggy Stardust, there's an acoustic guitar in the mix during those, during that like three chord hit during the chorus, Where Were the Spiders? Yeah. Again, when you first heard Violent Femmes, you first uh, learning guitar, and you heard that it's possible to do this with an acoustic guitar. Mm. Did that kind of set something off in your brain too? Like, yeah. hey, like I. And then, did you start immediately writing stuff like that, or did that kind of like boomerang back around? I did pretty much start writing stuff like that, and then it took me a while to come around to find my own voice and not just try to write something like kind of silly and funny. The best of my lyrics come from the part of me that reads. Especially when I was a teenager, huge Kurt Vonnegut fan. I tried my best to paraphrase him in, in some of the, those earlier songs, or in the songs that, uh, that came out on People Who Can Eat People. Mark Twain is really amazing. These days, I think like the best of my lyrics that come from my reading brain come from more poetic things, like uh, I've, been, I've been into that guy, Haruki Murakami. I like the fact that he writes like you're in a dream. Mm -hmm. I, I think my songs have been taking on kind of a more dreamlike thing. I've also been reading a lot of Stephen King lately, which he's just a he's a powerhouse of an author. Has that added? Doesn't, he writes and, and writes and writes and doesn't look back. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Has that added an element of suspense in the, the, the style of your writing? I hope so, but it probably not, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, there's, there's one song that I wrote pretty recently about finding a little devil child inside of my stomach and raising him up to eat me that is, uh, you know, pretty, like, Stephen King style. All right, great. Well, thanks, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <my> <laughs> no, that's pretty horrifying and terrifying, but uh, that's great. No, that's awesome. What do you have? goodbye from AJJ's upcoming record, The Bible 2. And yeah, yes please, more violent films because this Generation Xer like feels the same excitement as Sean when I hear that band. And like, I think I'm pretty sure that Sean is the first artist in 51 episodes of this podcast who talked about the connection between his lyric writing and the books he's reading, which is strange because it seems like more people would admit to being influenced by the written word. And like, maybe they are. Maybe I just never thought to ask. John Parsons, he did that interview. He asked the right questions. He got Sean to get to a place where he could talk about how books influenced his music. And honestly, Putting together this episode was a little bittersweet for me because John, he was part of the This Song team. He not only did interviews, he also edited a ton of stuff and he's moved on to exciting new vistas, which makes me really happy, but also we're gonna miss him here. Luckily, he interviewed the Grifters, so we'll be able to hear from him one more time in this episode. 
But before we hear from the grifters, I want to take a second and ask that if you enjoy these stories about inspiration and artistic process, then please head on over to iTunes and become a This Song subscriber. That way you can get next week's episode with Octopus Project and Jane Weaver delivered right to you. Plus, you can peruse our archives and hear other stories from folks like Kevin Parker of Tame Impala or Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. And while you're there, we would love it if you would leave a rating or a review. Ratings and reviews both help us know how we're doing and they help people find us in the vast landscape of iTunes, which... Like, that's really what we want. We want as many people as possible to find and hear these stories. Okay, back to the show. The Grifters are an indie rock band out of Memphis who played a lot in the 90s and then took a break and have reunited to play again. Fat Possum Records is actually re-releasing two of their records from the early 90s, 1993's One Sock Missing and 1994's Crappin' You Negative. (laughs) The records have been digitally re-released already, and the vinyl and CD will be out on August 12th. They were also at Fun 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 Fest, and guitarist Scott Taylor and bassist Trip Lampkin sat down with John backstage and gave him kind of like a primer of 80s alternative music, though the first songs that they picked, the songs that really changed their lives... Well, they both chose songs from the same 70s rock band. So here they are, Scott and Tripp from The Grifters. I'm going to say Smoke on the Water. First song I learned how to play on guitar, and it showed me that this was actually kind of easy. And and it was like really, you know, it didn't take long to get that sound and and you know, bum bum bum, you know. And of course, I thought I was the only one that knew how to play it. Was it was it was it the tone or the rhythm? Yeah, I mean, you, it's said, that, you know that. You know, when you're like 12 years old and testosterone is just starting out in your body, that certain sounds, you know, like that that ACDC guitar sound, I mean, just sound awesome. Jump around yeah, and, and smoke in the water. You come right out of the gate sounding like you're a hardcore rocker. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it works you, every yeah, time. It gave me the confidence to try learning other stuff, new stuff, because you know I, it was more, more. You know, it's like I, I accomplished that. I reached my goal fairly early. It's just how to play smoke on the water. So as far as how when you when you started writing, uh, it, you know that sort of keep it simple stayed with me. I guess you know. Like, it doesn't have to be too complicated to be. But when you started writing, fun. when you started writing, which is in like high school, yeah, and you're listening to earlier, much weirder shit than Deep Purple. Oh yeah. Sorry, crap. Yeah, I mean, I was, I listened to everything, you know, from like really deep local blues to severed heads. 
skinny poppy. Somewhere in between those two comes with the country rock sound of the grifters. But then it all comes back to kind of like the fundamental rock riff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, even though I, I do like love and respect to like a lot of electronic music, it's still like guitar rock is still the thing I really like, you know. Yeah. It's like, I really like The Cure because, you know, there was all this sort of alternative new wave stuff, but there's basically just a rock band, you know. Coincidentally, I'm also going to go with Deep Purple, Highway Star. When I was about four years old, I was visiting my family in Michigan, and my uncle was just a drummer in a cool band from Flint, Michigan. And uh, that sort of got me interested in music because he had his band used to practice in their basement. And I remember sitting around his bedroom, and I discovered a stack of biker mags that actually had like topless women in them and stuff. Woo and um, Iron Horse. And he had an eight-track of of uh, was it Machine Head. Yeah, it's Machine Just Head. stuck in his eight-track player, and I didn't understand. I just kept playing over and over and over. So click click. I spent a lot of that weekend looking at biker mags. <laughs> And listening to that Deep Purple album, Highway Star, really is, so we, to this day, is probably my favorite song. back you have a visual every time you think of highway star yeah like a chopper and a topless girl sitting on <laughs> rocky dennis hanging out <laughs> so what's interesting is you guys are picking songs with i mean obviously same band but like uh come probably different tones of the same band you know so i went i kind of went from deep purple to sweet oh yeah And I kind of went into the black flag that Kennedy's kind of like, I, I wanted even more heavy and gnarly and, you know. It's a holiday in Cambodia, it's tough kid but it's alive. But yeah, I got there from Deep Purple. If you told me that, I feel like I would have switched the songs that you guys chose based on that, the more melodic. Yeah, because Highway you know. Star is kind of more of a Black Flag song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my taste in music kind of went horribly wrong throughout high school. And then after I got out of high school, um, discovered The Replacements, Let It Be. And that, that album that actually changed record. my life. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, everything I listen to is terrible. <laughs> this is actually pretty good. Look me in the eye, then tell me that I'm satisfied. But 
yeah, the whole alternative scene of the mid '80s, and just discovered a ton of bands. The Smiths. Uh, yes, the Smiths. Yeah, they're a hot band. Thank you guys for telling me uh, cool. your songs. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And uh, enjoy the rest of Fun 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 Fest. Woo! Play tomorrow on the Orange Stage. And, uh, awesome. You can't see it. We're shaking hands. Where is it? of static from the grifters one sock missing and man i could really listen to those guys talk about music like all day long and you may have noticed like we don't actually play full songs in this podcast we only play clips but we do have a spotify playlist made for you so that if you want to hear a song the whole way through you can you can find the playlist on the This Song page for this episode, and I know that I personally will be listening to this episode's playlist for real. I will also post links to the Viewhouse videos of AJJ playing backstage at Fun 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 Fest on the This Song page for this episode, as well as links to where you can order the new AJJ record and the Grifters reissues, because... You probably want access to the music. And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by Jack Anderson, David Sanger, and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interviews were recorded by Jake Perlman. Again, we wish John Parsons all the best. He did both of those interviews. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account and does a killer job. You should check it out. Our handle is at this song KTX. William Wallace is our excellent intern. And yes, our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. And they have a new live record out on Jim Eno's Public High. Bye, label. You should check it out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KUTX. You can like us on Facebook, and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org.